Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes. Thank you very much for doing it. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you for such a great year. It's been nothing but great here on Rock Strikes 10 this year. Got some new listeners here, slowly but surely. Going to build this thing up here, and I'm never going to stop. It's not going to stop till I stop, so, yeah. It's time for part two of the top albums of 2012, the Rock Strikes 10 official list. This top ten is pretty solid. I'm going to say, in order, this is the list. As of New Year's Eve 2012. That's when I'm recording it. And starting off the show here at number 10, a very strong number 10, and who doesn't like a great comeback? You know, when bands come back and make an album after they haven't done one in a while, they always get that, that thing where they, they say that it sounds like this album, it's a return to form, and usually when a band says that, they, they let us down. It's a sad fact, but very true. Aerosmith is a good example of that, and that's why they're not on my list this year. But ZZ Top is little old band from Texas, the boys from Houston. They put out a great record, a return to form. Sounds like the old stuff. Yes, this is your father's ZZ Top, and it's all the better because of it. Oh, yeah. This is, you know, and, you know, hey, I like the 80s stuff, too. The 90s stuff, I liked Rhythmine. That was about it. So... I'm glad they're back. They got their brains back. Yeah, it was just great hearing them take all of this stuff and then crank out a really, really good record, a very strong record for their catalog. It's about time. My favorite album of theirs since Afterburner, or or Rhythmy. One of those two, somewhere in the middle there. But you might have heard the EP that came out earlier uh, during the springtime or the summertime, it was the first four songs on the album basically released early. I went ahead and downloaded it, but I still bought the album as a whole when it came out in September of this year. And for those of you that haven't got it yet, go get the Best Buy version of it because you're going to get the two extra songs. One of those two extra songs features a lead vocal by Dusty Hill. How cool is that? When was the last time that happened? So, yeah. Not going to play anything off the first four tracks because you might have heard those already. So I'm going to play something on the album. And actually, I'm just finding out this, but it's a song that made its world premiere in space. They sent this song out. It was played for the first time on the Soyuz spacecraft during its launch to the International Space Station in June 2011 at the request of NASA astronaut Mike Fossum who is a friend and fan of ZZ Top. How cool is that? So this song, unfortunately not making its world premiere on Rock Strikes 10, but it happened in space, and that's the second best thing I could have possibly done. So here you go. One of my favorite songs off of this album, La Futura. And here you go. Check it out. This song is called Flying High. I guess I'm in love 
There you go. That was ZZ Top with Flying High off of the La Futura record. 
And I should have mentioned this before I played the song. That is the poppiest song on the whole album. I love that song. I think it's a really cool, really catchy song. Great, simple riff. Uh, but that is the poppiest thing on there. The rest of the album is really raw, uh, blues, blues rock, blues ballads. Like I said, it's the ZZ Top you know from the 70s. So if you really want to hear that again with like zero synthesizers, zero BS, you got to get this record. ZZ Top is back. Boy, you better believe it. Number nine on the list here for 2012 is yet another band from Texas. Texas had a good year this year. Like I said, the stuff I heard off that Toadies record was really good, but I haven't really absorbed it yet. But I definitely, definitely absorbed the new album by The Sword. Oh my god. Let's go with another genre award. This is the metal album of the year. In my opinion, this is absolutely the metal album of the year. The album is called Apocryphon. I'm pronouncing that right. Apocryphon. 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 (sighs) Anyway, they make it so hard for me sometimes, I swear. But it doesn't matter whether I can pronounce the album or not. It matters whether you hear it or not. And you gotta hear this record. If you're any kind of metal fan, or if you're just a fan of what Black Sabbath used to do back when they were inventing metal, if you're a fan of that era from like, especially from like Master of Reality, Volume 4, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and Sabotage, like that era, not even the first two records, but that middle era of Ozzy, you're going to love, love this album. The Sword is flying that flag. There's a reason why Metallica is endorsing this band because they are that damn good and they're from Austin, Texas and they're doing us proud go check this album out like I said, almost the whole album sounds like Sabbath but this song kind of sticks out for me in particular I mean, the whole album you're going to get massive riffs massive solos this song is no exception but the thing that really stuck out for me on this particular song is that the guy kind of stopped sounding like Ozzy for a minute and started singing like Mark Mothersbaugh. I don't think he intended that, but if the vocals don't sound Devo-esque to you, let me know that I'm the crazy one. Check it out. One of my favorite songs on the Sword album. This is called Hawks and Serpents.
right, there you go. That was the sword. Boys from Austin doing it right there. Best metal album of the year. It's called Apocryphon. I'm going to stick with that. And that was the song Hawks and Serpents. A late track on the album, but a great one. And like I said, Sabbath fans, you got to get it. It came out October 22nd, 2012. It is their fourth album. No signs of slowing down for this band. So get on board now. The Sword. There you go. End of discussion. Moving on here, we got the number eight release of the year. And kind of on principle, but also in the fact that I, I, I consider this a comeback release because, and this might be a band that's either going to be kind of love it or hate it, but I, I, I will say I, I have been a Green Day fan. Uh, I did like the American Idiot album when it came out. I thought it got really overplayed. I'm sure if I go back and revisit it a few years from now, I will like it again. Did not like 21st Century Breakdown at all. Didn't like that record at all. I thought that they got too full of themselves. Hey, let's make some more rock operas, some mini operas, and overproduced rock albums. That's not what that band is all about. So I guess they took it upon themselves to get their brain back. And I love when bands, you know, buck the system. Yes, I realize they're still on a major and everything, but this is a pretty cool thing to get done. I, I think this was probably a hard sell to the label, but I'm glad they got it out there. Green Day wound up putting out three records in like consecutive months just to end out the year here. One like it was like September, October, November, and December. They all came out within like three and a half, four months of each other. They're all out now. The albums are called Uno, Dos, and Trey. Of course, Trey Cole being on the cover of Trey. Yeah, it, it writes itself, right? But hey, I like the fact that, you know, on principle, doing something like that, but it's not just that. I really like the material on it. For what I started listening to the band for, they're back doing it again. You know, a band that, you know, are definitely not snotty punks anymore. They're all like dad age, but... I like where they're going with their sound. It's basically these albums are a follow-up to what they left off with around the Nimrod and Warning era, and I really like the Warning record, so I'm glad they're playing music like this again. And it's I guess it's a, a three-way tie, <laughs> a three-way tie for eighth, but I'm putting all the albums as one entrant because, I mean, obviously they've recorded all of this at the same time pretty much, so all three albums are my number eight album of the year. I'm going to play something from the second album, Dose. And when I first heard this song, I loved it instantly. Uh, you know, not even the best lyrics they ever wrote, but they never really have just runaway great lyrics, in my opinion. But they have good hooks, they have really good riffs, and just for some reason it's a simple riff, it's a simple chord progression, but it really hit me, and I really like it a lot. I like the melodic solo. Yes, there's a guitar solo on it. Go figure, right? Like I said, check it out. Even if you're not a Green Day fan, let me know what you think of this song. This is Green Day with Wild One. My wild one 
song if i've ever heard it like i said i instantly loved that song let's go check it out that's on the dose album officially so uno came out on september 21st and then dose came out on november 9th and trey came out on december 7th so pretty impressive string of releases there and i'll be honest i've only really listened to the first two I haven't really sat down with Trey yet, because when I, when I get my albums, I still do the thing I used to do back in the day. And, you know, listen to it top to bottom. i got to set aside the time to do it, and that's what I do. So I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, how could it be bad? If I like the first two, I, I can't imagine the third one's just going to lay an egg. But yeah, like I said, love that song, Wild One. That's a million-dollar harmony, if I've ever heard one. Speaking of million-dollar harmonies, hey, there you go. Segway. I'm proud of myself. Uh, number seven on the list here, and uh, you talk about comeback. I've been doing a few comebacks already on the show here, but uh, you know what's really funny is this band made the top ten of my show last year because I did kind of a technicality that this album they set on forever and they finally released it. I considered it a 2011 album. It was kind of a cheat, but I thought it was still valid. 
Never thought that just a few months after that I'd be getting a new studio album by the Beach Boys that I could talk about on my next end of the year episode. But not just because, really, seriously and honestly, not just because I'm a biased Beach Boys fan, because there are certain elements that make it hard for me to defend them sometimes, but I really enjoyed the new Beach Boys album. I thought it had that great classic sound that I was looking for. It's it's what you're looking for if you're a fan, honestly. I mean, if, if you've liked this band at any time, you're going to love their new album. It's called That's Why God Made the Radio. And hell, even Mike Love could not ruin this album. So I'm going to give all of the credit in the world to the rest of the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson and Al Jardine and Bruce Johnston. And they even brought back, they even brought back David Marks for this one, which I thought was pretty impressive. So... You know, I I remember even saying at one point I would never want another Beach Boys album, especially now that Carl Wilson is gone. But they proved me wrong, and they put out an album that I really enjoyed. I'm going to play easily my favorite song on the album. It's a song called Isn't It Time, and it's classic Beach Boys. It sounds like a song that they could have put out like in 1966 or 67 or one of those great years of good studio material for them. I never want this song to end when I'm listening to it. It could go on, you know, for an hour, and I would still have a smile on my face. So that's really what great music is all about, whatever your opinion is. So here you go. This is the Beach Boys with Isn't It Time. After it's all been said The music's spinning in our head Can't forget the The magic of that summer in love Ooh, I want to take you there Do you want to turn back the pages? Memories and photographs The world has changed And yet the game is still the same
puts a smile on my face that was the beach boys with isn't it time off of the album that's why god made the radio and it looks like that might be the final beach boys album i guess if mike love has anything to say about it because of course the band never been a stranger to drama and internal fighting even amongst all those beautiful harmonies there's always been problems especially between brian wilson and mike love Mike Love basically has a lot of the legal right to go out on tour as the Beach Boys, and after the reunion tour was such a success, you know, it, it basically got Mike Love out of the, uh, you know, horse races and casinos and back into the big arenas and sheds. And, of course, he gets full of himself, like he always does, and broke the band up basically because. Brian wanting to go back into the studio, do another album, like right away. Mike Love said he would only do the album if he could write songs with Brian Wilson this time. And I guess Brian was kind of like, yeah. I guess he might have been having that lukewarm response, which I'm sure happened. And then Mike Love basically took his ball and went home. So now he's booking shows once again as the Beach Boys, even though it's really just him. And I believe Bruce Johnston and his band of spares that go out basically as a tribute band. It's no different than Leonard Skinner at this point as far as it's the band in name only. So really, seriously, in all honesty and in all sense of integrity, wait till Brian Wilson starts going out with his solo shows again and then you can at least hear a better version of the Beach Boys that's out there right now. Isn't that a damn shame? You know, they got the band back together and now they're already broken up. Screw you, Mike Love. Ugh. Anyway, let's get into something positive here. We're almost halfway through the show here. And I'm going to do something. I'm making, like, you know, a New Year's resolution to stick with here on Rock Strikes 10. want to read more of your show comments and emails that you send to me. I know I reference them a lot and I always appreciate them. I'm going to start further showing my appreciation by reading them on the air. Oh, and it is such an honor, isn't it? No. Uh, all joking aside, I am going to read an email from one of my great listeners, Tino Fella, from the Netherlands. Always appreciate hearing from you, Tino. I'm going to read your email. You sent me an email a few weeks ago, Your some of your favorite albums of 2012. You said the list isn't solid, 
but these are some of the albums that you really enjoyed. So I'm going to read them here. My great listeners, so listen to Tino. He listens to my show and he loves it. So hey, the guy knows what he's talking about. So here's your here's his email. I hope he doesn't mind me reading it almost verbatim. Uh, there you go. I planned on writing show comments again this week, but I'm not feeling too well the last few days. I wanted to spend the time I'm able to write to you today to share some of my favorite albums of the year with you, plus some other records that are worth checking out. I'll try to put the links on here so you can listen to them online, samples, stuff like that. And uh, here you go. He said, first, uh, Green Day, Zuno, which I, of course, represented earlier. He goes, he hasn't checked the other two out yet. I'm sure he probably has at this point, though. I'm kind of going to butt in here and there, because that's I do, apparently. But he says, like I do, they're back to basics on this album, and I love it. His favorite song is Loss of Control. That's on the Uno record. Even if you might have heard the album already, go check it out. Uh, here's one he says, some more great pop punk. There's a band from Belgium called The Rocket. Uh, so go listen to their stuff online. He says he likes the awesome Flawed by Design, this album. I'm definitely going to go check that out, Tino. Uh, he also mentions a band called Cloud Nothings. I know nothing about them, so everybody jot that down. Go check it out. Let me know what you think as well. Uh, one of his favorite, it uh, looks like his favorite metal album of the year is Testament's Dark Roots of Earth. And I mentioned on part one there that I haven't been able to listen to it yet, but I really, really want to hear it. And I saw Testament last year opening for Anthrax, and they're touring with them again in 2013. So I'm very excited about that. Can't wait to check out Dark Roots of Earth. And I saw that there was a deluxe version of Dark Roots of Earth with a bunch of cover songs on there. They do Queen's Dragon Attack, and I think they do Maiden's Peace of Mind or Power Slave or something like that. One of the title tracks. So, really anxious to check that out. Uh, Tino also mentions uh, Dream Away with Not a Surf. And I like Not a Surf, and I haven't heard them a whole lot lately, so I will definitely be checking them out. So don't worry, I will do that. And he also mentions the band Metric, which I, I haven't really given a chance yet, so I will check that out. And he says there's also a Dutch singer-songwriter called Blaudzen, a Dutch artist. Uh, so, yeah, I I know nothing about Blaudzen. It's B-L-A-U-D-Z-U-N. So I'll be checking that out. And he said there's a band that's influenced by 60s surf rock. I guess he caught my Beach Boys fandom there. Uh, so there's a band called Allah Loss, and it's spelled A-L-L-A-H hyphen L-A-S. And they said they have lots of reverb. So, hey, I'll check them out. And then he also mentions a band, if you want something different, check out Django Django from Denmark. I mostly like the first few songs on the record. It's electro-pop, but sometimes I feel like they have a little Beach Boys style of vocals. A little bit. Hey, that's all I need to hear, right? And he says, okay, this is everything that made my top ten. And uh, just check as much or few as you can handle, but there might be something you'll like among all of this. Recently, I also listened to the new Skunk and Nancy. Oh, I'm jealous. I, on a side note, I love Skunk and Nancy. I didn't even realize they put anything new out this year. And he says he likes some songs in there, but didn't make his top ten. Well, I will keep, uh, I'll keep my expectations low then, because I trust you, Tino. And, uh, yeah, so, there you go, Tino. We'll be talking soon, don't worry. I'm sorry that I haven't had a lot of time. I owe you a Skype call, my friend. So, thank you for being one of my great listeners of the year. I really appreciate it. And uh, Nola didn't even give me a list. So nobody gives me a list. But she, I remember she mentioned that she li- really liked, uh, I think it was like, I think she gave me five records the other day. So I can say for sure I know that her favorite records of the year are Beach Boys, the Green Day albums, the Dolly Rots, Kesha, 
and I'll just throw in Kiss there as rounding out the top five. I don't know if she even said that or not, but I know the four out of the five for sure I know that she's completely in love with. So there you go. There's that list. So we've got, I got two lists, literally. So there you go. Hopefully we can all do a little better next year. I want more lists from you guys. You can send them in late. That's fine. I'll see if I can read them. I'll, I'll really try. I promise. So all right. Moving on to the next song here. We're getting into number six. Wow, it's going fast. Uh, another band that takes a long time, like I mentioned about the Hives on the last episode. This band takes a long time to put new records out. I can't even remember how long it took this time. I think it was like five years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Hey, but Rush, newly announced Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Rush, put out a new album this year called Clockwork Angels. It is badass. It is definitely a high mark in the Rush catalog. Nothing to fear here. It's a little bit of everything that you like. Uh, a, a lot like a lot of the albums they've done lately, it doesn't have a lot of, you know, radio-ready pop songs. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that they were ever that poppy, but there, there's really not a whole lot of anything like Spirit of Radio or Tom Sawyer or anything. But definitely bringing the heavy, definitely bringing the musicianship. So, hey... Gotta love it. That's what Rush does, right? And it's pretty much a man cave, so they don't need to be poppy all the time, right? So here you go. One of my favorite, favorite songs off Clockwork Angels. This will give you a good idea on how good this album is. It's a nice little seven and a half minute ditty called Headlong Flight.
with Headlong Flight. That's from the album Clockwork Angels, which came out in June. Uh, depending on where you live, June 8th, 12th, or 13th of 2012. Who would have thought in in my lifetime that Rush would be on Roadrunner Records? That's pretty crazy. Roadrunner used to be like strictly like a thrash label almost. But now they're signing classic rock bands, and hey, nothing wrong with that, right? So... There you go. If you're a Rush fan, check it out. Even if you're not a Rush fan and you like hard rock, I think you'd really like this record. So give it a chance. Check it out. Still doing it. Still basically the original lineup. I mean, you know, Neil Peart wasn't there on the first album, but it's been there ever since. So to me, that's the original lineup. It's it's the lineup. Yeah, Rush is one of my big white whales of live bands. I still have yet to see them live, and I'm really kicking myself in the butt because they were here like last month, and I totally forgot they were coming to town. And it turns out they were recording for a new DVD in Dallas. I think they also recorded in Phoenix, but they were recording for a new CD, DVD in Dallas as well, and I'm really, really pissed that I missed that show. So I will go to the next one. I know I said that the last seven times, but I will really try to go do it. Hopefully they'll do another leg and come through here. We'll see. Crossing my fingers, because it sounded like a really good tour. Anyway, we are getting down to the nitty-gritty, the top five, the top five albums of the year. And I really, truly believe that these albums are in order, but I almost equally love them all the same. One of the more obscure things you're going to hear on anybody's list, not that I take total pride in that, because I really wish this wasn't obscure, because the album is so good. My favorite new band of the year, band called the Imperial State Electric, band that rose out of the ashes of the late great helicopters, a band that I truly love, uh, but they are no more. Nick Anderson, the vocalist and guitarist of the helicopters, has this new band. Basically, easy enough, if you love the helicopters, you're going to love this album. One thing is really interesting about Nick Anderson through his career, though, and I don't know if I mentioned this the last time I played the Helicopters a few weeks ago, but you know he started off in the band Entombed, and he was the drummer, and, and Entombed was a definitely a thrash doom, you know, almost like black death metal band practically. They're they're pretty drudgy, very heavy heavy metal. And then he starts the Helicopters later on, which is definitely more of a throwback, garage rock type band. And now the Imperial State Electric, they're almost more pop-based than anything. Definitely a lot of power pop going on. Still has that garage rock spirit in it for sure, but just hard garage rock with a major power pop twist. And this album, Pop War, it came out 
earlier this year, I think in the spring around March time, and I really wanted to buy the physical copy of it, but you know, thank you America, it is only available as an import, and I really didn't, I, I wish I had this kind of money to throw around, but I can't really justify spending over $20 plus shipping for a half hour record. So I'm just going to say to those of you, my American friends especially, go to iTunes and purchase Imperial State Electric's album called Pop War. You will not regret it. If you like this show, I don't know how you can't like this album. Here's one of my favorite, favorite songs in there. The whole album is tops, top to bottom. It's great. There's a song halfway through the album, which uh, this goes into my Kiss fandom, but there is a song... I swear there's a little bit of Paul Stanley's Wouldn't You Like to Know Me and a little bit of Kisses Tomorrow from Unmasked. And of course, that just really means that there's a lot of raspberries steals on this song. So you're going to hear a lot of raspberries influence. I know Nick Anderson's a Kiss fan, so that's probably where he got it from. You know, well, take a little bit from everybody and make it your own. He definitely does that. So here you go. Enough of my yakking. This is the Imperial State Electric with sheltered in the sand.
Alright, so there you go. You have a favorite new band? Breaking news. That was the Imperial State Electric with Sheltered in the Sand off of Pop War from 2012. You must, you must go purchase that entire album because it is damn good. It is stellar. Effing stellar. Alright. And the number four album, a band that I've been a fan of for a long time. I will always, always give this band a chance, and it's Fearless Leader, and I do mean Fearless. will always give them a chance, because this is a man who stands on his principles, stands by his opinions, and is truly in it for the love of the music and the art of the music. I'm talking about Billy Corgan and, of course, the Smashing Pumpkins. I am an unabashed Pumpkins fanboy at this point. Now, it hasn't been easy the last few years. I gotta tell you, since their initial breakup in 2000, uh, you know, the band was, was done for the most part. And then, you know, about five, six years later, Billy resurrects the band. You know, as James Eha gone, Melissa Oftamar gone, and brings in a, a new middle part of the band. But Jimmy Chamberlain still on the drums. That's a good sign, right? Jimmy is very important to that band. And it's history. Jimmy, one of my favorite drummers of the modern era. Easy. And they put out an album called Zeitgeist in like 2007. It's a good album. But, you know, there's only, honestly, there was probably about three or four songs in there I really liked. The rest of it, not the best stuff they've done. Uh, You know, maybe Billy realized that. I don't know. But, you know, he kind of regrouped. And at some point during reassessing, I guess, what the band was all about, Jimmy Chamberlain bowed out of the band for the first time ever, and Jimmy's always been by Billy's side. He even played on his solo album, and, you know, it's always been those two guys, pretty much almost from the beginning, really, ever since the band came together as a whole. So it was really sad for me to see that Jimmy Chamberlain wasn't in the band anymore. So, of course, hearing that they were going to work on some new material, I was very super skeptical after a so-so record uh, you know, I just didn't know if I was going to be down with anything Billy ever put out again. I don't know why I ever doubted this man, because the album that he put out, and it's his right to call it the Smashing Pumpkins, because he owns the name, but the new album they put out this year is something he can truly be proud of and put the name Smashing Pumpkins on it, and it can hold up against anything that he's ever released, and I truly believe that. If you're an old-school fan of the band, you're going to love this new album. It's called Oceania. Ocean, I-A. And for those of you who were never fans of this band, I urge you to check this album out. If this is your first Smashing Pumpkins album, welcome, because this is a great band worth checking out. If you like this album, go get everything else by them, maybe except for Zeitgeist. Email me, I can tell you what songs are good off that, but... but all that aside, and, and yeah, and then there's a re-release of pretty much the whole Pumpkins catalog this year. There were deluxe editions of Gish and Siamese Dream, Pisces Iscariot, now Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. It's in my top 20 albums of all time. Just waiting on Machina, Machina 2, and the Farewell Concert from 2000. But I digress. This Oceania record is tops. It is amazing. Put the headphones on and just go to town on this thing. This new uh, drummer that Billy got to play in the band, Mike Byrne, he's like all of like 20 or something, I think, 2021 20, at the most. This guy rips. 
he is, uh, you know, he sounds like Jimmy Chamberlain's son. And, you know, I guess, obviously he realized Jimmy would be missed, so why bring in a spare? This guy brings it. And uh, you can, uh, for you KISS fans out there, you can go on YouTube and find the Pumpkins cover of Black Diamond with him singing lead vocal on it. Uh, this kid's great, man. I endorse this lineup of the Smashing Pumpkins and this record. Just check this record out. I I'm I was torn what to play on this, so I'm just going to play the first song on the album. This one pretty much tells the tale. It's everything you need from this band. The soft stuff, the heavy stuff, and everything in between. This is Quasar.
There you go. That was my favorite 90s alternative icons, the Smashing Pumpkins, and my current favorite independent wrestling promoter, Billy Corgan. There you go. That was Quasar, the opening track off their new album, Oceania. Like I said, can't recommend that more. It's pretty damn awesome. And it really sounds like a band, also. Like, Billy's always been the main guy that played on all the records. He played all the guitars and bass, everything except the drums on all the Pumpkins albums. I don't know if he did that on this album. That's kind of cool that I can't tell. Uh, everybody's credited on there properly, the current touring band, but it really sounds like the whole band's playing in one room, and that's another thing I really love about the album. So go check it out. Give him a chance if you never have before. All right, top three time now. And, you know, obviously, I, I should probably just have just left this band off of you know, the top list, because anything, if I ranked them anywhere, it would be considered being biased, and you would be right to say so. But I figured this is a nice slot to put them in. Not too high, not too low, you know. So here we go. going to talk about Kiss's new album, Monster. Talked about it a little bit there on Too Much Kiss Volume 4. As Monster's been out for the last two months now, Nothing that had to grow on me because I pretty much loved it instantly, but a few songs I like more now than others, and I struggled what to play on it. And the thing is, I realized listening to the Kiss specials, I we were very heavy on the Paul Stanley stuff. I gotta say, Monster is a very, very strong album for Gene Simmons. Probably maybe one of the strongest efforts he's ever done, ever since the very, very early days of the band. He's been, he's been guilty of mailing it in here and there on certain albums, but he's definitely with the band since this one the last one, Sonic Boom. So it's great to hear Kiss being a band again, something they haven't been in a long time, and it's great. Once again, Eric and Tommy Thayer are godsends to Kiss, and I'm so glad they're enjoying themselves and they're finally putting out new music again. Monster is one of the top albums this band has ever done, period, and I truly believe that. Like I said, it was a strong Gene album, so I feel compelled to go with a Gene song. Not that Paul didn't have a great showing on this album, but Paul's consistent. What do you want from the guy? The guy is, he has the heart and soul of rock and roll in him. And uh, like I said, Gene back from the dead here. I really struggled what to play, even as far as just picking out from the Gene song. So I went and uh, went online here earlier before I recorded the shows, reached out to my online Kiss brethren, and... Uh, in, a, in a quick two to zero landslide, and I was kind of leaning towards this. I was leaning towards this and Wall of Sound, which I think are two great Gene songs, but they're complete polar opposites. Wall of Sound is a very heavy, helter skelter esque song for Gene, and it's a great rocker. But I love the fun, cheesy, you know, guilty pleasure Gene songs where he's just talking about sex. I'm a sucker, go figure. But uh. This is interesting because I noticed that even on some of the uh, the reviews of Monster, the song was kind of mentioned quite a bit in the reviews as being a positive. They compared the song to Humble Pie a lot musically and in the arrangement, and I'm not enough of a Humble Pie authority to agree with it, but I've always enjoyed what I've heard of the band, so I'll be checking them more out in the future, so sue me. I haven't listened to them yet. Uh, but I like the song a lot, and it features something that's never happened on a Kiss album before which is harmony vocals introing a song. Very weird to hear that on a Kiss record, but I really enjoyed it, and it really helps the song. Like I said, it's just a fun, stupid, great Gene song. So here you go. This is Kiss with Eat Your Heart Out. Hey, 
All right, that was Eat Your Heart Out by Kiss, featuring lead vocals by Gene Simmons and awesome intro harmony by Gene and Eric Singer there. That's off the album Monster. Like I said, really high up there in the Kiss catalog. If you enjoyed the Kiss specials I did a couple of months ago with Nola and you enjoyed all that Kiss music, you will love the album Monster. Go check it out. It's a fun rock and roll album. It came out early October 9th, 2012. And I'm still loving it. I'll be listening to it forever at this point. I can't imagine not. And another band it seems like I've been listening to forever. I'm just going to say, the last two albums here I'm talking about are pretty much tied for first. I know I did that last year, and, and hate me if you want, but I just can't decide between these two albums. One is one of the greatest comebacks ever on Wax, and the other one is one of the greatest stories, I think. It's an inspirational story, so... Let's go with the comeback, and then go with the inspirational story. But basically, like I said, this is two-in-one, but it's really a two-way tie first. Call it a cop-out, but hey, it's my show. So, I've been a long-suffering Van Halen fan for a long time. Those of you long-time listeners of the show have heard this speech. I talked about it last March. I did a whole Van Halen special. Uh, Obviously, you know where I'm going with this, but... This is a band that was dead for all intents and purposes. And very sad that the band went out with a whimper and not a bang. You know, the Gary Sharon album, that was hard to swallow. And the the bomb that was that album, Van Halen 3 and the tour, yeah, that band was pretty much done right. They come back with Sammy for a little bit in 2004, have a few new songs. But it's weird. It's, it doesn't seem the same. It, it's cool and everything that Sammy's back, but, you know, after getting teased at the David reunion, everything just seemed like second best at that point, and I think I'm right about that. Uh, finally, after years and years and years and years of just nothing, finally turns out they're working with Dave. But, of course, there's another bump in the road. Eddie Van Halen doesn't want to work with Michael Anthony anymore. And that's sad in itself, and I, me, like a lot of other people, had a hard time swallowing that bitter pill. But we just were so desperate for new Van Halen material, we just about let it slide. I think most people that were, were hardcore fans still wanted to hear this album, despite the fact that Mike Anthony's not on there anymore. What are we going to do without his harmonies? But this, uh, you know, the, the single debuts... Pretty much at the beginning of 2012, a song called Tattoo. And we kind of were like, oh, yay, Van Halen's back. But the song isn't all that great. You heard Tattoo, right, Nola? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty terrible. Good music, but uh, those lyrics were pretty uh, stinky, farty, smelly. Um, just south of shitty, shitty, shitty. So... Uh, I was like, oh, dear, the lyrics aren't there. And, you know, yeah, I, I realize, once again, I, I've been reminded this many times. Yes, I realize that David Lee Roth is not Bob Dylan, but I, I at least expect some wit. And I didn't even get that with Tattoo. Lo and behold, I went ahead and picked up the album when it came out. So I was like, oh, this better be good. And after you get past the first track, which was the infamous Tattoo, the rest of the album is a revelation. Not only a comeback, but it's Eddie Van Halen coming back to reclaim his title from all of the pretenders to the throne. 
It is back with a vengeance. It is rock and roll at its finest. If you heard the Van Halen special once again, you heard my favorite song on the album, As Is. That thing is a beast. The whole album, besides that too. Hey, you still get 12 out of 13 amazing songs. And this is the closer on the album. This thing does not slow down at all. And by the end of the album, it's still flying high. So here you go. And this is also my God, I had a shitty week at work kind of song. And this makes me feel better every time. If I have a really bad day, I just crank this one up. This is Van Halen with Beats Working.
There you go. That was the mighty Van Halen back once again with Diamond David Lee Roth, your party host. Of course, Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen on drums, and Wolfgang Van Halen on bass. Truly earning his stripes in there. Hey, and he got a little solo there in the middle, too. A little, uh, that was a little, um, paperback writer-esque, maybe, that riff. Yeah, but that's all right. They can get away with that. And, uh, beats working. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've cranked that song up on maximum volume after getting off of a shift at work. It really, really soothes the soul, as Bob Seger once said. Yeah, like I said, Wolfgang Van Halen completely earned his stripes in that band. Not only uh, did he almost replace, let's almost say, the irreplaceable. Michael's always going to be irreplaceable in a way, and will always be a part of that band's history and that band. But Wolfgang, apparently picking the set list on the tour, that kid's got some taste. He understands Van Halen's best stuff. It's almost like they needed him to be like almost kind of the neutral voice, like, hey, this is what works and this is what doesn't. And I think he actually, and apparently Eddie says that it's all because of him. He saved the band. He made him get off his butt and start writing music again. And bringing in Dave, that was his call too. And the material on the new album, a lot of it is stuff they never finished throughout their career. And he dug the stuff out of the vault and said, finish this. This stuff is good. So, God bless that kid, you know? (laughs) Thank you, Wolfgang Van Halen, for bringing Van Halen back to the big, giant, awesome spectacle that we knew it could be once again. It's one of the true great things of the year for me, music-wise. But we're not done yet. We got one more to do. Like I said, pretty much tied for first with Van Halen. But it's a completely different kind of story. It's a different kind of comeback. My favorite album of the year is by a gentleman by the name of Ginger Wildheart. Leader and lead singer of the Wildhearts. And apparently he was considering giving it up altogether. He said, you know, I'm going to work on a new record, but what I'll do is I'll put it up on Kickstarter 
For those of you who may not know, Kickstarter is a website where you can basically ask for donations uh, of, of whatever it is that you are wanting to put out, whether it's an album, if you're a singer or a group, or a movie, if you're an independent movie producer, or you know any other form of entertainment you want to put out, you can basically ask for donated funds to help you get your project off the ground. Ginger went ahead just, you know, almost seemed like on a lark, put this thing up on Kickstarter, not knowing if anybody would care, but the hardcore fan base responded, and in literally no time, he got 100% of his goal. It just kept going up and up and up and up, and finally he decided, you know, he was so blown away by it, he said, this isn't just one album, it's now three albums. <laughs> he got up to, at one point, 555% of his goal that he gave himself on uh, budget-wise and decided to call the album 555%. And I was, I'll be honest, I was a little late to the party. I was i was late enough in getting my $10 in that I didn't even get one of the physical products of the triple album. So I missed the pressing. I hope at some point to obtain a physical copy of the triple album, but for right now I will settle for the download that I got. I gave my $10 and I immediately got my download of the three albums pretty amazing and and for those of you who may want to dip your toe in there is a one disc version called a hundred percent which you can get on iTunes and I believe there is a physical product of it out there somewhere but I really can't recommend this album more not only is it a, just a great album in general written by a man who is a true underrated cult genius of rock and roll you're gonna get every type of music that is great in this world. It's not just hard rock, it's not just pop rock, it's not metal, it's not punk, it's not country or calypso, it's 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 all of those things. <laughs> You're gonna get a little bit of everything when it comes to Ginger. He really went above and beyond of what we even know him to do, and we already pretty much damn near worshipped the ground that he walked on at this point, but this is the album of his life, and it's all there, and it's it's there for everybody to enjoy, so I highly recommend go to gingerwildheart.com, buy this album, buy the triple version, because it is great. Buy it from the man directly. Show how much you appreciate real good quality music, because it's there, and Ginger has it in spades. So here you go. Without further ado, this is Ginger Wildheart. I wasn't going to do any kind of playoffs when it came to picking a song up here. I'm going to do what I did earlier. I'm just going to play the first track, just to give you an idea. This is a pretty basic, solid, catchy, hard rock pop song with fun twists and turns and great harmonies. Just there you go. This is Ginger Wildheart with Get About It. Life plays heavy on my mind. It's gonna kill me one dream at a time or so. It seems it might It seems it might Starts me falling into sleep I lie awake in waves So dark and deep I pray my soul to keep Once again you forget To remind yourself to just forget 
All right, closing out the show on a high, high quality note. That was Ginger Wildheart with Forget About It, the first of many songs on the 555% record. Wanted to do a little bit of research when it came to if you wanted to obtain that. I found out that the physical copies of the triple album are completely deleted at this point. So I don't think anybody that got one is going to be giving it up anytime soon. But there you go. You can always go to Ginger's website, gingerwildheart.com, pay the $10 American, and get three CDs of what I consider to be the best album of the year. And uh, it's just a great story. I, I love the fact Classic Rock Magazine actually called it the story of the year, beating out many huge music news items for the year. I love that kind of stuff. It actually charted top 10 in the UK album chart. It was at number 9 and that's with limited copies that they put on sale for 100%, the one disc version. And according to Wikipedia, when it charted in the UK it beat out Rihanna and Coldplay that week. Very cool. Uh, I love non-anticipated success by somebody who's really awesome. Uh, Like I said, out of them at this point. So you gotta get it online. Also very excited about the fact that he's got another two-disc album coming out called Mutation and Hey Hello. I don't know too much about him, but I will pretty much be, that'll be my first purchase of the year. I'm going to count it as a 2013 album. So, there you go. Everything else, you got a lot to live up to, because I'm sure I'm going to love this one just as much. We'll see if it's more. We'll see. Until then, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here tonight. I hope you enjoyed my top 20 albums of the year. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like. Send me your own list. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. And in all seriousness, thank you to everybody that's listening out there, whether you're back from the very first week or you're a new listener as of this episode. I thank each and every one of you. You make it all worthwhile. Good God, let's get the plugs out of the way because my voice is almost shot today. After working a full shift and doing a two-parter here, I'm, I'm just about tapped out. So go to cnjradio.com. There's the link to the iTunes feed, which you need to subscribe to if you're not already. If you're listening to this, do me the favor. Go subscribe. Leave a nice review on iTunes. That'll really help me. That That's really all I want from you. Uh, also, to recommend to your friends, family, like-minded people, pets, whatever... And when I post the link on Facebook, please uh, share it with everybody. Listen, like, subscribe, and share. That's what I always say. You can't do wrong with those four commandments. Thank you once again, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the first episode of 2013. I realize these are probably going to post like on New Year's Day, but hey, let's just say the next episode we got coming up, I'm going to keep it real simple. Last year... We did Elvis's birthday, and since it appears on the same exact day this year, we're just gonna we're gonna alternate every other year. So this year, it's gonna be David Bowie. So tune in next week, big David Bowie birthday celebration. Thanks again. Happy New Year, everybody. Be safe. Have a good one. Have fun. Rock and roll. <laughs>